Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 47 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm really excited and honored to be joined by Jules and Mark Honan of the Torn Think Tank podcast. Hi, guys. How are you doing this morning? Hi, Joe. Hey there. Doing fine. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, before we get into our topic for the day, uh, want to, uh, I, I am very familiar with you. I'm a big fan of your podcast, but I'd like to introduce you to some of my listeners who might not be. So, uh, why don't you guys tell me a little bit about yourself? Jules, why don't you go first? Sure. Um, so my name is Jules Scott. I have been podcasting for four years plus, um, doing Torrent Think Tank, which is, it started out as a, World of Warcraft-based interpersonal advice podcast. It's about the people behind the keyboard. And um, it's been such an amazing ride. I've done so much out of podcasting. It's really kind of... It has changed my life, really. <laughs> um, as of today, um, I help run one of the largest World of Warcraft guilds in the world, Um I am employed doing the stuff that I love, which is helping to manage that community and create events for them uh, under the banner of Well Played, which is what we do at BlizzCon every year, a big party that we do on Fridays of BlizzCon. Um, let's see what else. Um, I've done a whole bunch of different podcasts in different iterations. I'm a big nerd uh, <laughs> and gamer and geek, and there's there's like so much else I can't even think now. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mark Conan? Uh, well, uh, yeah. Hey, guys. I'm Mark Conan. I, uh, I've been a uh, real big uh, fan of World of Warcraft and Blizzard starting out, and I, I got into podcasting just by listening. Uh, and I just started, I, I went to school for broadcasting, so I did a little bit of audio editing and stuff like that on the side. And through helping, uh, helping people out here and there, I kind of just progressed into becoming a host on this show. I was a longtime fan of Torrent Think Tank, and the opportunity arose, and Jules brought me on board, goodness, what, two years ago now? Is it about two years now? It Something like that. It has been since, uh, what was it, October? Of, yeah, it'll be October, it will be two years. Holy crap! Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> 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 so, we got yeah, an anniversary this, coming up. 
I know, yeah. Yeah, so I've been doing this about two years, and, and I, I the, the reason why I love doing it is pretty much the same reason why I love listening to it. It's just a, I really enjoyed what, you know, the show does and what it has to say, so I'm very honored to be a part of it still, even after after two years. I love it every week. That's awesome. Now, I know you guys are big Blizzard fans, but uh, overall, where are your areas of geekitude? We always define that as kind of a combination of your geek aptitude. Um, where where do you feel it's high? Where what are your fandoms? Hmm. I got quite a few of them. Video games. Um, I started really young with video games: Atari twenty six hundred and Commodore sixty four. Um, my favorite place in the world when I was a kid was an arcade. Mm-hmm. So that was B. I was um when I was little, my parents used to have a camper that they parked at a campground, so it was like permanently there as a summer home. And the campground had all these facilities in there, including the camp store, which had all of these video games and pinball machines and all that. So I grew up, you know, just coveting quarters. That was mm-hmm. my life. <laughs> I was so like a quarter was like my favorite thing in the world because I could go and play Pac-Man and I, and Ms. Pac-Man and uh pole position and all of those things. It was just and then I had this huge love for pinball and I still do. Um so that's where my major geekdom is. Um some of parts of our, some parts movies, uh Star Wars most definitely, the Marvel Cinematic Universe most recently. Um but it wasn't I didn't really read comics when I was a kid, so that was um that was a little bit out. And um, and then I, w- I was an avid reader as a kid, too, but I didn't really read a lot of fantasy. So mine would be video games and movies. Very nice. Now, <laughs> you, so so you remember the times when we had to use our quarters to reserve our, our playtime? Uh, oh, yeah. Put it at the top, and, and like, we're, we got next. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's just... There were so many times where... Um, it, it was just like the people would be lined up at a machine because it was the most popular one. Right. And the quarters are like lined across the top of the cabinet. <laughs> Excellent. And because I, I, um, I, I am a longtime listener of you guys. I, I went to Portland last year for Thanksgiving and I don't know if you've ever been up that way, but they have a, a really cool arcade. And it was just like the whole top floor is pinball. And I'm like, oh, Jules would be in heaven up here. They even had Adam's family, which I know is your favorite. Oh, it is. You remember. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, I am like, I, I just want to go back to Vegas just to go to the Pinball Hall of Fame and play Adam's family like crazy. Yeah, that's very cool. How about you, Mark Conan? <laughs> well, kind of, kind of similar to Jules, I grew up uh, as a video game kid. I used to, in middle school and junior high, I was part of like just a small kids bowling league. And every week I'd get off school, go to the bowling alley, and I would miss my turn sometimes because I would be playing in the arcade more than I would be bowling. <laughs> so <laughs> it kind of steered me in that direction. Uh, gosh, and then in college I ended up working at two different arcades in the same town at the same time. And it all grew out of a little video game. Uh, called Dance Dance Revolution, which ah. really got my attention. And my freshman year of college, uh, there were some buddies that played that, and so I latched on. And, and I also, I also love music too, because I grew up as a big band kid and still love to play. And so the music and the rhythm part of it just spoke to me, and I ended up competing in tournaments and stuff like that throughout college. 
And so it just really cemented it for me as far as video games, you know, that and also growing up, my dad uh, would always he would sit down with me. I remember us playing on the original NES. We would play Double Dragon Mm -hmm. uh, together. And so just grew up playing video games with him. And yeah, so I love video games mostly these days. I don't play much on console because Blizzard is so awesome, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's so much good stuff on PC for, for, to play. Uh, but yeah, so video games is definitely a huge part of, of my geekitude. Also, I'm a big movie buff. Uh, like Jewel said, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love science fiction, uh, fantasy and all of that and, and a good comedy. Every once in a while. So, you know, this time of year, there's not really much going on in between the summer movie season and then like Thanksgiving, Christmas. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm patiently waiting for Doctor Strange pretty much. <laughs> we were just talking about that too. We were like, Doctor Strange is coming. Can't wait. When is it coming? November. Oh, what happens on BlizzCon weekend? Crap. You know? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm the same. Like I, I do a, a, a spoiler cast after each of the movies uh, with a, a friend of mine. And I was like, I'm at BlizzCon that weekend. I don't know when I'm going to have a, a chance. But he lives in Orange County, and I live in uh, Palm Springs, so I'll be in the area. And I'm like, you know, maybe we can find a way to actually go see the movie together this time. Yeah. So that's hey, what there we're going to try. We're going to try and do like a, a midnight screening there somewhere. That's oh yeah, awesome. definitely. Yeah. Uh, one other area that I, I, as far as TV goes, and and uh, later on we'll be talking about it. But as far as TV goes, I'm a I'm a big Trekkie. I'm a very big Trekkie, lifelong, ever since, uh, goodness, I was probably six or seven is when Next Gen came out. And I just, I just latched onto it. So yeah, Star Trek is definitely a big, kind of big area that I love. That's awesome. Um, now, uh, Jules, you mentioned that your geek to two is kind of low in comic books. Uh, how about you, Marconi? Do you have an area that you don't necessarily step into the conversation when things come up? Well, I would say my weakest area, Kind of with comics because I do, I guess comics and books together mm-hmm. because there are some there's some uh, properties that I really enjoy and kind of for me I kind of I kind of cheat with comic books as I go onto YouTube and I watch the uh, summaries that people put out in the commentary so I can learn the backstory about all these great characters I see on the big screen. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I absorb comic books, except for Why the Last Man. That was the one that I really attached to. That's the comic book. I like that, I really that one liked. too. I started reading that a couple years ago. It was really Very, good. Really the good. The Preacher series is one that I started reading oh, recently yeah. too. Right, right. Uh, fabulous. Uh, and uh, it was before the series actually came out on TV uh, a couple years before. I read that. I could not put it down. And, I need to get into that one too. Uh, it's, I mean, it's raw and it's, it's mean, but it's yeah. amazing. Now, have you seen the the TV series? Because that's not one that I've gotten into, and or is it even out yet? It is out. I there they did their first season um, in the in the spring of this year, and I didn't see it yet. I think it's going to be one of those that I put on my list to kind of watch on streaming when I need something to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I it, I don't know how well it would translate to. I'm skeptical. That's why I haven't really jumped on it. Right. Because it's so dark. And so twisted and, and still also very magical in a lot of ways. And there's just a lot of parts of it that I don't know if it translates to a screen as bad. I mean, I could be completely wrong and I've heard people said it was great, but, um, I'm being that nerd person that's like, I don't know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't, isn't it done by what did, did AMC do it or TNT? Yeah. Who did AMC did I think it. AMC, yeah. Yeah. Well, they did, you know, people could have made the same argument for The Walking Dead, and Lord knows that thing is successful. 
So yes. I, I definitely want to give it a shot. I am skeptical like you are, Jules, about that because okay. it's, it's hard, definitely hard when you switch the mediums. That's why I give a lot of the, I, I give them a, the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, okay, it might be bad, you know, but I'll still go enjoy it for what it is mm-hmm. and not be yeah. so ultra critical if there's a, if there's a change in the plot or something. Yeah, with Walking Dead, they definitely have done a good job of, like, there's definitely been things where I'm like, oh, they'd never do that on television, and, I mean, you know, you kind of, they surprise you, and you're like, oh my, <laughs> yes, they do, but there are some places that they wouldn't or haven't gone, and it does kind of change how the characters respond to things, yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, they'll respond to something, and you're like, mm, they had a little bit more justification in the book, because they really had a reason to react this way, and here, not so much, so it, it, yeah. it is a kind of a line you have to dance across. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I'm, I I never assume when I have people that are known for podcasting about a, a particular subject that that is their favorite fandom. So, you know, <laughs> is Blizzard Games your fandom or, you know, Marconin, you mentioned Star Trek. Where Where is your, like, this is this is the one at the top? I know for some people it changes regularly, but right now. Yeah, for, for me it would have to be, it's kind of a tie between... The Blizzard sphere, you know, Overwatch, Warcraft, Starcraft, mostly Warcraft because that's the one I know the best. It's it's definitely like a tie between that and Star Trek because Star Trek has this longevity with me. I grew up with it and I would appreciate the stuff. I would have like my favorite character growing up was Data. He was the one who I could identify with the most because I was that nerdy fat band kid that everybody made fun of. So I felt like an outcast. I felt like mm-hmm. I was different. And so I, I really latched on to Data for a lot of reasons that way. Plus, he was a robot. He was cool. And then growing up, when I would watch it in college, I was like, you know, I really, I really admire, you know, Picard and his, his, his way of thinking, his diplomacy, his, you know, I, I grew up and I got different things out of it as I grew up and different, different changes of my mindset. So I, you know, it, it's got that staying power for me. So it's, it's like right up there. But of course, we do do a Blizzard podcast, so that's definitely up there as well. Yeah. How about you, Jules? It has to be Blizzard games because it takes up my entire life. <laughs> it's my work. It's my joy. It's my spare time. Um, it's the stuff that I know the most and I'm, I'm willing to, you know, travel across the country every year to be a part of that world. Um, it's what I geek about. I mean, if you sit next to Mark Conan and I at the opening ceremonies at BlizzCon, we are like kids on Christmas. <laughs> oh yeah. And oh yeah. It's so funny because we get, I mean, I don't, I don't get super hyped on a lot of stuff, but whenever we go to BlizzCon, I am super hyped mm-hmm. and we bounce up and down in our chairs. They laugh at me every year because I'm sitting there going, Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Something's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say Blizzard is my fandom. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to have to get some tips from you guys because as I said, this is my first, uh, this is going to be my first BlizzCon this year. I did Con Before the Storm last year, but I'm doing the whole shebang this year and, uh, you'll have to let me know what I should, how I should, how I should do it because it's, you know, it's the first time you out. You could do a whole different podcast about that. Oh, yeah. is, <laughs> there's a lot of things that we've learned from being there. This is my, I think this is both of our fourth year, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. The, the so, two main, the two main things, comfortable shoes yeah. and a battery charger for your phone. Oh, yes. yes. Those are the two big things. Yep. And, uh, make sure that you go to, you know, before you come, because you, you're in town, um, buy a pack of, 
granola bars or something mm-hmm. and put them in yeah. your bag or backpack or something like that. Cause you don't know when you're going to get it to eat again. Um, during, cause you want to watch like everything and right. you're just, you get starving cause you forget to eat. Mm-hmm. This is what happens all the time. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I have well plated two hours that I haven't eaten since yesterday. <laughs> so, so standard con rules apply then. Yes, <laughs> yep. most definitely. Very nice. Um, but there's like, there's just so many little things of the things that people have picked up about like where it is, where's the best places to hang out? Where are the best places to, um, go to eat? Where do people go after the day after BlizzCon? That kind of stuff. Awesome. Awesome. I'm looking, I'm very excited. Like I, I honestly, I, I've tried for tickets multiple years and I, I, this year I was like, you know what? I have plenty of fun, um, just, you know, putting, I, I take the day off and I, I watch the the stream online while I play Warcraft and it's it's very nice and it's, so I thought you know I'm just gonna do that again this year but eh, I'll see if I can get a ticket didn't didn't try seriously at all because I figured you know it usually doesn't happen and then I got I'm like I I, I kind of shocked I didn't realize I was actually gonna get it <laughs> okay well we're doing this then. So. One of the things I can tell you too, and this is this was passed along to me again recently, is that um, the um, the AIE Guild, which is a guild on um, Earthen Ring, um, they have a guild hall where they set it up inside the Hilton Hotel, right on the campus there mm-hmm. um, of the convention center, and they're watching the virtual ticket in there. But there's a ton of people that are coming in and out that have their badges and just say, "Hey, you want to take my badge in for a while?" Um, so if you run into a situation where you are, you know, you're thinking about coming, but you're not sure, mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's a free thing to do and you could go watch with a whole bunch of people and get the opportunity to borrow someone's badge for like a day or an afternoon. That was and, really cool. Yeah. And these guys have been doing this for, um, for many years at BlizzCon. They have that guild hall. I think it's on the third floor of, of the Hilton hotel. And it's super cool. I mean, there's just some, and a lot of times people wind up coming without, with extra tickets that they couldn't get sold or they have to pick up the badge under their name. So it doesn't matter what name it's under. You just have to find someone who's got one like that. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And that, that really is going to, we'll, we'll have to call back to that later when we, we hit our main topic because that takes a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. And that takes a, an already pre-existing, very good community. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, the last question for you guys is, what are you guys working on now? I know you just hit episode 200 of Torn Think Tank, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, tell, tell us a little bit about that and, and, and what else you have uh, going on right now. You know, it's funny. Um, Torn Think Tank hitting episode 200 was, it, it kind of signaled a shift in the content without us really doing a ton of work to have it happen. Um, because we were, we were leading up to episode 200 and I kept sending messages to Mark Conan like, boy, the mailbox is getting kind of dry. <laughs> it's just, yeah. there's not much here. Um, because it was Warlords of Draenor still, just, just quiet. And we weren't sure what was going to happen. And I just said, you know, we're going to just start coming up with our own topics then if people are, are kind of running dry on their, on their advice needing questions. Mm-hmm. And we started doing more stuff that's philosophically based. And all of a sudden people are just flying out of the woodwork with questions of that nature, not necessarily a situational topic, but more like, what do you think of X? And, you know, what do you think of people who like our last show was 
someone who's addicted to self-pity. And oh, that's a good she, one. Yeah, and it was there was no specific example. There was no description. It was just, hey, this is my friend. He's addicted to self-pity. I don't know how to help him. Mm-hmm. And we then launched into, it was like a 45-minute discussion about people who create their own drama and why it happens and, you know, are you that person? And I, I it's been, like, that conversation, I, I told this to Marcona after we got done, I was like, I love that conversation so much. That was so fun. And it's just, that's where Torrent Think Tank has kind of started to evolve to on its own, you know, based on the fact that we were kind of running out of material um, from the audience. Yeah, and, you know, after, gosh, what... How, how many years have has the show been going on? Like four, four years. You know, after four years, there's only so many times that someone can say, "Oh, my my raid leader is kind of a jerk. How do I talk to him?" Or my officers are having this problem, and it's a common problem. You know, there's only so many times that we can answer that question, mm-hmm. and people have already heard that answer, so they're they're coming up with different questions, and you know, we've kind of transcended just from WoW to all of Blizzard, and then from Blizzard to even broader topics. So it's, it's, it's a fascinating journey that we've been taking in the end. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's really enjoyable to get to expand and, you know, bring other areas of, gosh, psychology and interpersonal issues and, uh, social issues and just bring them all into the fold under our mm-hmm. show. It's, it's really cool. Well, and you guys get some of the best guests. I mean, like, I love your your expert uh, episodes because they always have such an interesting. Uh, they they add so much, and and you guys really are not afraid to to hit different topics from different angles, and it always impresses me how innovative your topics can be because you can take you know possibly out of necessity, but you can take a topic that you've covered you know before and and look at it from a different direction, and it, it's really kind of very impressive. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I mean, our guests, we don't do a lot of guest episodes because, um, mainly because I'm really picky about mm-hmm. who I want to have a discussion with and what message they're going to send. Um, back in, um, I think it was 2014, um, I had a guest on who was talking about, um, internet addiction. Mm-hmm. It was a woman who, like, it was the top, level researcher of internet addiction, which is a really hot button topic in the psychology world. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very like there's, there's two sides of it. There are some that say internet addiction is a real thing that is, that is, you know, needs to be treated. And there's the other side that says there is no such thing as internet addiction because you are not addicted to a substance. Mm-hmm. And so, or something tangible, it's, you know, like porn addiction is actually, you know, you can say this is what that's going on. So I had this woman on the show and I didn't agree with what she was saying. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh gosh, I mean, I did this interview. It was really uncomfortable. And I'm like, I'm never doing that again because I don't want to have somebody who is just completely one-sided thinker. Right. I want someone who has this conversation sound. So that was a big change for me, a big eye opener to say, whoever we bring on the show is going to be open-minded and very um, diplomatic in some ways, but also really straight shooter in other ways. So like Dr. Holiday Bean, Dr. Anthony Bean, those guys are just like, we're going to put that out there straight. Yeah. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I love for doing that. Um, and one of my favorite episodes was having um, Oddish on the show. I love uh, that talk- episode. Me too. 
And she is just somebody who um, is she inspires me every day when I watch her stream. And I just I, I just felt so like I felt like we were doing something really amazing by actually um, bringing these these questions and, and issues forward. I mean, we're not revolutionaries, not in the, in the long <laughs> shot, but <laughs> I just felt so good about that opportunity to be able to talk to someone who's been so positive in the face of so much adversity. Yeah, no, she's mm-hmm. very inspiring, and um, and 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 she falls into a category that is very hard to be on the internet um, yes. and put yourself out there because she's transgender, and um, and she keeps it so positive. Like that's what's so impressive because it's got it's got to be easy to. Um, I mean, I know being part of the LGBT community that. Um, you know, just going into battlegrounds and while sometimes you're like, guys, come on, language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't know who's in this, but, but, you know, to actually put herself out there and stream and it's so, so inspirational. It is. And every single day she deals with, um, discrimination and, um, really bad language and people who are really mean. Mm-hmm. And, um, but she has this amazing community that sprung up around her that, protects her um and makes sure that she is and you know she doesn't need protection she's just like i'll tell it to you straight yes i you know you know when someone comes into her chat room and says are you a man or a woman and she's just like nope i'm a woman you know it's just Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. says it out there well you look like a man well why don't you read my about me section and then we'll talk Mm -hmm. you know and it's really it's i just I couldn't, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could deal with that level of criticism about my physical appearance every single day of every time I go online. That would be amazingly hard. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really speaks to her, uh, her personality and her, uh, resilience in the face of a tidal wave of trolls sometimes mm-hmm. to consistently take the high road mm-hmm. and to not feed the trolls. You know, that's, that's what they tell us to do. And she's really a shining example of that philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for, for kind of sharing yourselves with us today so that mm-hmm. we can kind of get a better idea of, of who you are. Um, we're going to transition into what we did this week to keep it geeky. Um, <laughs> I have finally got back into Hearthstone. I took about a month off. I just, it was, um, very busy around here this summer. And, uh, so, you know, I waited until Kara was completely out and, uh, got all the, Got all the cards, and I'm really enjoying it. I went through and deleted all of my decks, and really? I've just oh, been wow. adding a deck a day based on what I have to, um, what I have, what daily quest I have, mm-hmm. and find something new and different that's maybe not so competitive, but kind of fun to play, and it's kind of boosted my love of the game because I mean I was playing it every day, rain or shine, never fail, and I just kind of burned out. And I, so I took my, yeah. took my month off and, uh, and came back and, and really loving it. Really. I don't know if you guys are still playing on a regular basis or not. I haven't played in about two months. I came back when they, when they brought in the normal verse or standard versus wild styles. I tried it and I was like, oh, this is fun again. Um, and so I, I kind of dabble in and out and I'm in the outs right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I just I just finished uh One Night in Karazhan on normal. I think the day before yesterday I I beat Medivh. So I I've done the normals. I I kind of play here and there. 
for a while, tavern brawls, I, I, every week I would make sure I'd go in there and get my free pack. Mm-hmm. At least, and you know, keep going. I love playing a mage because, well, I'm a mage in game in WoW, so I love, uh, love playing tempo mage all the time. <laughs> That's what I was playing this morning before I got on the call with you guys, cause I had a, <laughs> a, a, I had a spell, um, a spell quest. So I was like, I'll ah. boot up my tempo mage again. I'm trying to get, I got my golden, uh, warlock earlier in the summer. And Very so, nice. Yeah, so I'm working towards the the mage because I p- told myself I could not buy any of the um, new hero portraits, um, like Illyria and uh, Medivh, until I got gold in that um, in that oh. hero. Well, it's you. That's awesome. If you, uh, if actually, I think it's if you buy the Warcraft movie, you can like turn in a code and get the Medivh portrait for free. Oh, I might have to do that. That sounds yeah, <laughs> and you get Gul'dan for uh, Heroes of the Storm. Oh, that, you can get Gul'dan for Heroes of the Storm. Oh, for yeah, the, I think that's what the ad oh, said. Oh, okay, yeah, for free. Yeah, part of part of that. That's awesome because I don't have him. I haven't played Heroes in a very long time. Me either. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Heroes esports while I'm doing something else, but with WoW just being so here, <laughs> I haven't played Heroes in like two months now. Well, and that's the thing that's been killing me is that last weekend was the first time I stepped into Legion because I've just been so busy. And yeah. so I haven't played since since Sunday. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to editing this episode because that's when I get some of my video game time in. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have also, you know, part of the reason why I'm so busy right now is um, I, I am a drama teacher, and so we did all of our casting this week for our, our fall shows and uh, our improv team, and it, it's funny because we had a lot of uh, seniors leave, and we mm-hmm. don't have a lot of seniors this year that are um, are into drama. It's it just that class didn't you know, didn't come out for, for shows very much. Uh-huh. Uh, so it, it's really changed the dynamic of the group and, and in positive ways, but there's a lot of kind of this feeling of it's not the same kids getting the roles all the time because there's not as many upperclassmen and yeah. it, it changes the whole feel of the, of the club and it's kind of fun and exciting. Yeah. Cause it gives them opportunities if they're an underclassman to maybe get that top role, lead role and maybe travel through the rest of their time going after that stuff. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah gives them a chance to step up. Exactly. And I try, I try very hard to make sure that everybody gets a chance. You know, I have so many different activities going that you, you can always be part of drama. If, if you want to be, you may not get cast in the show or you may not get into the improv group, but we, we go to this competition every March and we, we start working on that, you know, early, early in the year. And so they're doing, um, there's a musical theater, competition component of that that uh festival and you just pick a a song that's under five minutes and and you perform it as if it was straight out of the play and so Hmm. the kids came up to me and they said we want to do 21 guns from american idiot wow and i'm like okay that's a really hard song to do yes it is and we have no boys who sing so, <laughs> so, and every year the girls always come up, you know, we want to do a musical. That's great. Bring me boys that sing. And, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so finally I said, you know what? I'm going to try something. So I looked at, I, I teach, when I'm not teaching drama, I teach English to sophomores. And I looked at my sophomore, one of my sophomore classes. And I said, all right, boys, I'm not asking you who will sing. I'm asking who can sing. 
and no no answers. And I'm like, all right, you're going to make me play dirty. Uh, ladies, Uh-oh. which boys in this classroom can sing? And, of course, all the girls are like, he can sing. Oh, he's got a great voice. Oh, yeah, I've seen him on this. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you're going to audition for me next week, and you're going to audition for me next <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because there were so many of them that were volunteered by other people as good singers. It kind of gave them the confidence. They're like looking at each other. Are you gonna? Are, are you gonna audition? I'll, I'll audition if you audition. Oh, okay. So I have like thirty boys auditioning next week. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Out of I'm like I should have done this years ago. <laughs> that yeah. is the power, man. It is the power of um of a girl giving a guy a compliment. It really it just, is. I was just reading about this actually. Um, recently it was Reddit of all things, but um, it was a thread about. What what would surprise you knowing what would surprise you about being a man like for you know in the life of a man what would surprise you and the the answer that got some of the top things the top upvotes was men don't receive compliments ever no and I just like I'm baffled by this because I don't care who you are man woman if I'm a friend of yours if I know you and you do something awesome or you're an awesome person I will tell you. Like you did a great job or that was really cool or you're so nice or, and I do this all the time and I'm like, man, am I just a weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> Only in the good way. Yeah, okay, no, you're good. just a good person. And, and I think, <laughs> um, I think part, part of the problem is, is I think guys are raised not to compliment one another. And so especially yeah. when you're hanging it around, um, you know, in high school, there is that gender divide quite a bit. You know, the guys oh. hang out with the guys, the girls hang out with the girls, and then the two shall mm-hmm. meet unless it's for dating purposes. And, um, and, and the guys just don't compliment each other because it's, it's still taboo and it's silly, yeah. but it, but it is. And if a girl can give a guy a compliment and the, the things that they were saying, it was fascinating to me. It's like if a girl gives a guy a compliment, he may not react to you about it, but he'll carry that with him for days, weeks, months, even years. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, it's true. I, I was just like, I, I love reading stuff like that. Um, I'm, a, I'm just a studier of human interaction. I love it. It's one of the things that just, just makes me crazy awesome, happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I thought about this. And so I've been, I'm like, well, I do this anyway. And some guys don't react at all to, you know, to when I give them a compliment or thank them or say that was a really awesome thing you did. But then I know they're thinking about it and that it probably made them feel pretty good. And that makes me feel good. So if you're a girl and you're out there and you're listening and you talk to a guy and you give him a nice compliment, like he's got nice hair or his his eyes are awesome or he's got a great smile. Tell him. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> and then the last thing, my husband and I have been marathoning through the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and I don't know if oh. you guys have seen this show, but if like I would almost tell you to just get off the podcast right now, and go if you have not <laughs> watched this this show because it is phenomenal. It is so much fun. <laughs> I've seen I've a couple episodes. Couple. Yeah. Yeah. See, okay, this is this is a strange thing for me is that I don't watch a lot of comedy shows, mm-hmm. and I don't know why it is. I think it's more that um, a lot of times comedy tends to be slapsticky, silly, and that to me gets old fast. Mm-hmm. So I get yeah. tired of it. But but Kimmy Schmidt is really funny. I've seen a couple of them, and I'm cracking up, and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Well, and it's funny because my husband doesn't like random humor. Like he he. 
just doesn't get it. He'll, he'll that's random humor, and it is really random humor. And I'll look over, and he is just cracking up, and I'm like, "This makes me like." He goes, "It's so random," and I'm like, "Yes, exactly. See, random can be funny." And he always says, "He goes, no, random's random." And I'm like, "No, random to to make random humor funny, you have to be really intelligent. You have to really yeah. know where it's going to fit appropriately." Mm-hmm. Um, so we've just we've just been marathoning that and and loving every second of it. I wish somebody had told me when it, I I heard a lot of people say um it's good you should watch it, but you know, it it, it should have been recommended as no, that needs to be the next thing you watched because it's <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> All right, guys, Jules, what have you been up to this week? Well, lots and lots and lots of wow, mainly just because um we have to get ready for rating, which is starting on Wednesday for us. Um, I have been, I just hit level 110 last Sunday. So, um, less than a week ago. And I'm like, all right, gear time. Uh-huh. Ah. Um, <laughs> on top of everything else that's going on, this is a really busy time for me for planning for BlizzCon. Well played has a lot of stuff to go on. And a lot of times I have to plan meetings in the evenings when people are off from work and can sit down and talk. Mm-hmm. And so I get a lot of times that get filled up in the, in the evenings and I'm just like, um, so <laughs> I like on Tuesday I had a, um, I had a podcast to do. I had a meeting before it, a podcast after another meeting after. And I'm like, I haven't even done a world quest today. Wow. And I just, uh, and I just said, I'm going to bed cause it's 1130 and I've been working all day. So it was, um, I feel like I'm constantly trying to scramble to get my gear. I'm only at 816 gear level and I should be higher than that. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I'll do more on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have been watching a lot of heroes esports, which is my normal thing on a weekend for sir for certain, um, and then last weekend I went to the Minnesota Renaissance Fest um, with a couple of people that I've met through the show, and uh, very fun. I got a henna tattoo on my arm in the shape of a phoenix. Nice. And uh, <laughs> it is very cool. Um, I keep forgetting it's there, and then someone compliments me on it, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I have stuff on my arm. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was a ton of fun, and. Uh, yeah, but then the rest has been like my entire day is geeky work. So I'm making stuff for parties and and you know planning things and talking to guildies and yeah, and it's like every single day is full of geek stuff. I you, I like that. You are living the dream, Jules. I am. <laughs> awesome. That's great. How about you, Mark Hunter? What have you been up to? Uh, for the most part, lots of World of Warcraft. Uh, just like Jules, we're getting ready for our raid next week. Um, what I, I, what I actually did when Legion came out is I took off like three or four days from work and that way I could just kind of go at my own pace, but have the whole day to just go through all the zones and re- and this is the first expansion that I've really sat down and read all the quest text mm-hmm. and made sure I knew what was going on because I, I read the World of Warcraft archive, the first volume of that that came out back in the spring and it shows all of the ancient, like the ancient times. It's the whole canonized history of the Warcraft universe from the very genesis of their universe up until Medivh cracks open the dark portal. Mm -hmm. And you get to see the origin of all the Titans of all this stuff. And it really plays and you can see where they were already putting their ideas from Legion into the past and canonizing it all. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool to go through all of the quests 
at, at, at a decent, you know, a nice pace, but still keeping up with everything and really just enjoying the world and seeing how it all ties together. I'm like, oh, wow, I can't believe they're doing this. This is crazy. And so I got to 110 after maybe four or five days, but I've been gearing up and just trying to trying to get as many purples as I can and uh, to, so that we can start raiding and just hit the Emerald Nightmare on Wednesday night. I'm really looking forward to it because I... I I love raiding. I love, I don't get to do hardcore stuff because we, we raid one night a week. So it's, it's casual, but we still want to get stuff done. So we, we bring our A game that one night a week. So I'm really excited for that. Really been enjoying it. I've been leveling up a paladin and a rogue, just kind of hopping between the two on the islands. Um, I finally finished the second season of Daredevil on Netflix this past week. Very nice. So did you enjoy it? I did. I really did. I, though, the way that the season kind of, it felt like, and I know it was intentionally. We're kind of telling two different big story arcs at the same time: the the uh, Punisher side and the Elektra side, and then of course having all the other ca- supporting characters in there. And they kind of weaved back and forth between the two, and then at the end they kind of smashed them together. Right. And so it felt a little bit unorganized, but it wasn't bad. I really liked it. I loved uh, what John Bernthal's his name, the guy who plays Punisher. Yeah. Loved loved him in Walking Dead. Loved him in everything that I've seen, including this. I, I love him as Punisher. He he hits it just right for me. I really enjoy it. So I, I'm excited about his show. I'm jazzed because Luke Cage comes out in like 13 days. Can't wait to watch that. Netflix is doing some great stuff. They've given Marvel the liberty to do adult-themed comic books, you know, to really bring violence when it's needed and bring in that darker side that, you know, you can't really get with a Captain America or a Thor Right. movie so i'm i'm really enjoying that so i'm i finally got to do that and i caught up on jessica jones a couple weeks ago so i'm all caught up just in time for a new series so i am i'm jazzed about that i'm ready to see it um the other big thing is last week was the 50th anniversary of star trek yes and so i it was kind of funny because a few years ago doctor who celebrated its 50th and i didn't really know much about doctor who but then when I heard it was going to hit 50 years old, you know, it's older than Star Trek. Maybe I should, maybe I should give this thing a little bit of uh, of my geek attention. So I watched all of the new series, got caught up just in time for the big anniversary, and you know, it's kind of funny because they had this big anniversary thing, but Star Trek didn't really have a big anniversary thing for 50 years. Yeah, I was there kind wasn't, of surprised. Yeah, there wasn't really anything for it. Now I'm sure the big Star Trek convention that goes on in Vegas this time of year, every year. It was huge, like mm-hmm. it is every year. So I know they did special stuff for it. But, you know, they, it just, it kind of just came and went, and that was it. And I know it's because there's, there's not really anything going on. There's no current series yet, especially because Discovery got pushed back from January to May of next year. So I have to wait another five months before watching new Star Trek. So, and, and Beyond was fantastic. It was a great movie. It was the, it was the most trekkiest of the new Star Trek universe movies. Mm-hmm. Fantastic film, but it kind of underperformed at the box office. But I think that's that speaks to more of how people felt overall in 2016, because I know a lot of the big big budget movies underperformed. Yeah, so I think it's uh, it, it's it's not a it's not it's not just them because it was great. I mean, I watched it twice and I, I rarely see a movie more than once in the theater because I memorize the whole thing. When I watch it, I watch it. I know everything about the movie, so I don't need to see it again. But that one was such a fun ride that I had to. So, in a commemoration of the 50th, I've been going back and watching my favorite episodes of Next Generation. Um, like the episode Relics that has, uh, James Doohan, who plays the original Montgomery Scott. 
mm-hmm. on there. It's one of my favorite episodes. It also has a Dyson sphere in it, which is a really cool sciencey uh, idea. And just been going back and kind of cherry picking my favorite episodes and just kind of enjoying them again. So it's yeah. it's a good way to celebrate it because I wasn't the hugest fan of the original series because I I didn't grow up with it. It was it was old by the time I was born. So I go back and I respect it and I watch it and I enjoy it. But it's not like next gen for me. Next gen is my bread and butter. Yeah, that's kind of where my jam was too. I was huge in in junior high. I was uh, I've I've mentioned this on the show a couple times. I wore a communica- communicator pin to school. Uh, oh I, yeah, I have I have done that as well. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one because I had a teacher uh-huh. look over at me and go, "You just are asking to be beaten up, aren't you?" And I'm like, "You know, what? I don't care." I, I, I actually wore a <laughs> I actually wore a Star Trek uh, communicator badge uh, on my tuxedo at my wedding. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah. I had I had would to have do not that. flown at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my wife is a Trekkie too, so it worked out. That's awesome. Now, so you said Discovery, and I had, that is not a bit of news that I heard. It's been postponed until May? Yeah, they released it earlier this week. They said that they are pushing it back to May of 2017 because they want to get it done right. They want to make sure that the quality is there, and I'm okay. You know, I'm disappointed that yeah. they put it back, but if it's going to make Trek better, if it's going to make a better quality show, we want to put our best foot forward because a lot of people were disappointed with Enterprise, and it's been... Gosh, a decade since Enterprise went off the air. And I loved Enterprise. The, the, the writer's strike really made it suffer during the third season, during the Zindi War. Mm-hmm. And it, it, as it did for like the second season of Heroes back then. It was just, it was from the time and it just never recovered. Right. So I don't think, I, I, we really need to put our best foot forward, especially with the change in medium, with it going to CBS All Access, where I have to pay five bucks a month just for one show because I don't, I don't have traditional television at my house. I watch YouTube and Netflix and Hulu, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So for them to go from a broadcast, they're going to broadcast the pilot, of course. I know you probably know that, but yeah. to go to their own streaming service, just, you know, it. of course I'm going to pay it. Of course I'm going to give them my money because it's Star Trek. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm hoping it does well, and we really need to put our best foot forward. So I'm okay with them taking time to really polish it up because they they need to redo that ship. I don't like the way the ship looks. Yeah, well, we're we're trying very hard to um to cut the cord in here. Um, we just did. We're, oh yeah, we're on month nine of a five month house remodel. Um, and so we are uh we are done with house remodeling for a while. It's when we still we're hoping it doesn't go into month ten, but it's it's getting very close to October, and we started in January. Um, uh, and part of that was redoing our our. TV system and everything, and once everything is done and we know everything works properly and everything, then we're very seriously considering switching to you know getting rid of our cable because we hate it. We we yeah. we stream most of our stuff and we realize that we could buy from iTunes every show we watch and still pay less than we do now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a real changing of the guard, you know, from old media to the new media. Yeah, it really is. And so, but but you know, we have trouble going. We're like. We can't justify adding yet another streaming service while we're still getting cable. And I was like, well, that's fine. We've got until January before Star Trek happens. And I really do want to watch that. So maybe that'll be, um, in the future, you know, we'll, we'll have it done by then. And, uh, they just announced my, my husband and I are guilty pleasure. And I realize we're not supposed to say guilty pleasures, but it is our guilty pleasure is we are big <laughs> brother fans. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that show is still on, and it is still as um, reality television show as you can get. But oh yes. 
because CBS is going all access, they're doing a special fall um, season of it on all access. And I just keep looking at my husband and he's like, I, I don't know that we can do this. And I'm like, but it's it's Big Brother. This is what we do every summer. We have to watch yeah. this. We have to watch this. So I don't know. It's going to take a little bit more. Conv- I've got I've got like two weeks <laughs> to convince him <laughs> that this is the way to go. Um, I'm like, okay, now we've got two shows. Now we've got two shows for, for five mm-hmm. bucks a month. I think we can swing this. <laughs> yeah, that makes it a better value. Yeah, exactly. Well, very good. Well, thanks, guys. Um I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw curveball at you real quick because I have a special event coming up, but you guys also have um, a special event coming up. Uh, Jules, would you be able to tell us a little bit about WellMet and uh, BlizzCon? Yeah. Um. So BlizzCon 2016 is coming fast. Um. And then on Friday, November 4th, uh, starting at seven o'clock, uh, we are having the Well Played Party um at the Hilton Hotel. It's on the second floor. This is year four of this party, and it started out as part of our guild, the Convert to Raid Guild's, um, basically our, our party. And it's grown into something very, um, bigger than that. It's uh, much beyond just the guild with that. We have a live stream that's going on for our folks at home. Uh, we have a Hearthstone tournament this year as well. We're working on mm-hmm. that right now. Oh my gosh, so much to do. Um, There'll be prize giveaways and uh, a photo booth, so you can get souvenir photographs of your time posing with silly little things like mustaches and crappy hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the the best part about the party is that it's a great place to hang out with people. Um, there's got a lot of there's a lot of podcasters there, a lot of um, people from the Blizzard developer community come and and spend time there, and um, we just have a blast. We it's it's better than the Hilton bar because the Hilton bar is just crazy loud. So many people wall to wall. You can actually move in here. Right. There are bars right there. Um, so it's really, I'm super excited. It's um, something that is crowdfunded by our community and I'm super proud to be the one that's in charge of making it happen. That's awesome. Now, do you have um, there? Is it, uh, how do you get tickets to this? It's all free. It's all free. Um, anybody. Walk yeah. right in. Come on in. I mean, it, it's paid for by the people who really wanted the party to happen. So there's no admission. You just go up to the es- escalators on the second floor and turn left, and you'll see us all milling out there. We have people out there in the front just saying, hey, come in. Hurry. <laughs> Waving people so, in. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, because it, it's a little bit hard. You have to know that these after parties are going on necessarily. And so um, we try to do our best to let people know about it, but it's, you know, there's so there's 26,000 people at BlizzCon, so mm-hmm. the getting the word out there is just limited to if you listen to podcast social media or you happen to go onto like the Facebook page that they have all the stuff for BlizzCon on it, because um, it's not promoted officially by BlizzCon. It's something that's done by the community, right? And yeah, but we're we welcome everybody. It's just a chance to. We've had a lot of people who have met new friends from Well Played, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am. I'm stoked. It's just a fun time for all of us. It really is. And and really, anybody can come in because I remember, what, two years ago, there was a military ball going on at the same time? Yes. And we actually had servicemen and servicewomen and their dates kind of poke their head in and like, what are you guys doing in here? It's like, oh, it's a video game party. Come on in. And they just kind of came in and were hanging out and talking with us. So really, anybody can come in. Yeah. Come in and have fun. 
They were so fun. It was it was a marine ball, and they marine were dressed. Ball, yeah. They were dressed like in their formal uniforms. Their dates were in like complete formal attire. Beautiful people, and they kept coming in there, and they're like, "What's going on in here?" And you know, we're a bunch of gamer nerds, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, I play Call of Duty, and I play this, and I play that," and we're like, "Come in! I have a picture of me with like four or five servers." <laughs> people, people running up to them saying, "Hey, need cosplay?" <laughs> right? I know it was it was so so cool, and uh, we just we we love it, and uh, so yeah, if you are coming to BlizzCon. Or you're going to be at the after parties. We're Friday, November 4th, starting at 7 o'clock. It goes till 11 o'clock. Second floor, Hilton Hotel. That's awesome. And then are both of you going to be at uh, Con Before the Storm this year? Yes. We are. Um, we, we're actually going to be... Uh, where, where are we going to be at in that? We will be at the meet and greet that's going yeah. on there. Um, it starts at 7... Well, we'll be there from 7 to 8 o'clock signing um, things and saying hi to, to fans. Um, they have a separate space for uh, podcasters, community members, that kind of stuff that they set up tables for. So you can come in during Calm Before the Storm. We'll be there um, from 7 to 8 doing signings. and then. Um, but we'll be there probably the whole time because that's usually what happens anyway. Yeah, just kind of walking around, hanging out, and chatting with everybody. That's where I found time. Joe. Yes. Yo, yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> I was so excited last year. I met uh, Chris Case there. I met um, uh, the the guys from Hearthcore. I met um, Kevin from the uh, Dark Moon Herald. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, again, another story I've told before, but I met uh, Garrett Wines. I didn't, yes, I did meet Garrett Wines. I went to hit the Angry Chicken after party <laughs> and I got through the entire day I don't know if it was because I had met so many people and was just you know I'm an introvert so socially drained but it was yes. kind of yeah. the best I could get out when I met Garrett was I really like your show bye <laughs> like I, <laughs> I, I just I I uber fanned out a little bit <laughs> and it was like okay see you later that's awesome <laughs> well if you know I, I know Garrett will be there next this year too and uh so I'm sure angry chicken will be at that mean greet so then you could be like dude you're like awesome and I didn't have more than five words for you last time yeah, so. exactly. and it's like one of those things driving home I'm like oh my god like I had just gotten into the overwatch uh beta I'm like I have so much stuff to talk about with this guy and I just, <laughs> just did not come Okay. I, I'm a complete introvert too in a lot of ways. And then when we go to BlizzCon, it's all, it's like introverted extrovert for about five days. Mm -hmm. And then I hit the wall and I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) I I know that feeling. My, my husband always, because my husband is very much an extrovert. And he'll, when we come back from a convention, he doesn't understand why I just need to to kind of um, hermit <laughs> for like a yeah. day, and he's like, "But you had so much fun." I'm like, "Yeah, it has nothing to do with the fun. Too too many people. <laughs> too yeah. many people." Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm I'm a little bit of an introvert, but I think I Jules, did you say I kind of straddle the middle in between extrovert and introvert? You like, are definitely more on the extrovert. I'm more on the extrovert. Yeah, because like Mark Honan can be out. We can be at BlizzCon, and he'll be out until like four in the morning with like dozen, <laughs> and I'm just like. Oh my god, I'm so done, and I'm usually like in bed already. Mm-hmm, <laughs> <And so. laughs> well, you know, the, the whole year I, I don't get to see anybody except digitally. You know, I, I I sit across the keyboard and the screen from Jules, but I don't get the chance to see her except for a few days a year, and it's like that with everybody. So I want to, I like, I I save up all of my energy throughout the year, looking forward to these four or five days, and then just go 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 go, and then 
by the time I'm getting ready and packing, I'm just like, I want to be home with my cats. <laughs> I just, yeah. I'm just Fun ready crash. to be home. Yeah, I'm just ready Fun to be crash. home and playing games and just sitting down. It's funny. I don't sleep very much at BlizzCon. Um, and, and mm-hmm. I will go to bed probably around midnight or something like that. I'll go to bed and I will crash hard. And then I will wake up sometime around four or five in the morning and I'm just like, let's go. Mm-hmm, let's go. Mm-hmm. And, but I have to have that break in there to just be able to recharge. Um, and then when I get home from BlizzCon, like you don't talk to me for about four days. Yeah. <laughs> like, that whole, like I am, like you described Joe, where you're like, I just need to be alone. It's yeah. like, I'm done with people. But the funniest thing, every single year, it happens every single year, I get on the plane to go home and everything starts to hit me. Um, like the people that I met and the, and the fans that we met and the interactions we had. And I cry all the way home. Oh no. Every year. And it's the funniest thing. I laugh at myself because I'm just like, being so grateful for everything I have. (laughs) 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 So funny. And, um, so this year will be the first time that I'm traveling with my friend and boss, Pat, and I'm like, I'm going to apologize to you ahead of time because I'm going to be a weeping mess by the time we come home. So, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. That's awesome. Um, as far as this end of uh, of the world, we have Palm Springs Comic Con starting to get closer. Uh This is the first time we've done – we did have a, a convention in August Um come in through town but nice. palm springs comic-con uh november 19th and 20th at the hard rock hotel in palm springs is the first uh community built convention out here nice. so we're, we're really excited about that we don't have details yet about panels or anything else like that but i definitely will be um, moderating a few things uh, i probably will be doing a live uh geekitude from from palm springs comic-con so if you're in southern california make sure you uh make plans to be out here on the 19th and 20th of November. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. We're going to just do a quick touch on the news because something that affects all three of us happened this week. Um, Blizzard veteran Chris Metzen retired. Mm-hmm. This is hard. It really it? is. Like, I just, I can't imagine... Um, I, I I don't know if they've said he's if he's going to be at BlizzCon or if he's going to be done by then. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard any news on that. No, he is I've... done as of yesterday. Yeah, they had his going away party and everything there on the campus. So it's gonna be weird not having him speak at the um at the opening ceremonies. It really will be because he he's such a a showman. Yeah. When he gets out on there, he is on all cylinders, ten out of ten, go go go. And it's it's such an energizer, you know, the way Jules earlier was talking about how excited we are. I mean, I'm surprised they put backs on the chairs in there because we're all on the edge of our seats. <laughs> and and that man is one of the reasons why. It's not just because they're going to show us cool stuff. It's, you know, he walks out of there. He's like, Horde, where are you at? Alliance, where are you at? You know, all this other stuff. And he's just, he's so energetic and he just brings it out in all of us. It's going to be weird having him not there because yeah. I can't, I can't just point and name another developer that has that presence on right, stage. Right. And it's just, it's going to be hard without him because he is, he's, he's such a creative mind and he's given us so much over the years. He has given us so much of his time. His, his soul has been spilled through all these games. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I mean, Blizzard, Blizzard would be nothing without, without Metzen's vision and his ideas. So it's going to be, it's going to be different. 
It's going to be weird, but I totally understand why. Oh yeah, you absolutely. Know? He does need a he does need a break, and he has said that he's still going to voice Thrall. You know, he still is going to do that. But you know, I, I still hold out hope that maybe one day he's going to get tired of retirement, and he's going to like, can I consult on some creative projects? Mm-hmm. Oh, know? I have a feeling his phone will be ringing for a while. <laughs> I oh don't yeah. Think, yeah, I don't well, think he, they're going to let him go completely. Yeah, and and I'd love to see him do more stuff because he's written. He's written Transformers comics. He's done all this other stuff outside of Blizzard. So, I mean, a creative mind like that cannot sit idle for too long. No, mm-hmm. not at all. And uh, did did you did you see the statue that they're making for him? No. Did you see that yesterday? I did. It is beautiful. It is it is so cool because it's it's a pedestal. It's like a pl- a platform that it, it's it's on, and there's little icons for each of the Blizzard properties with their logos on it, and on it is Baby Winston holding his left hand, and it's Metzen in like what he would look like if he was in Overwatch, that kind of cartoony style, and he's just pointing to it, kind of like towards the future, and he's got this Alliance hoodie on and cargo shorts and sandals. It look, I mean, it is Chris Metzen, and it makes I'm smiling so big thinking about it. You should definitely check it out because it looks great. And I was, I was thinking, you know, I would, if they made that into a statue that you could buy, I would buy it. Yeah, because that's awesome. Looks so so cool. Yeah. Wow. And it really shows how much how much they love and appreciate him to do that. You know, to make this thing for him and honor him in this way. You know, in fact, we've had two or three other developers that have stepped down, like Craig Amai. He's one of the lead quest designers. Mm-hmm. He's the one who brought artifacts, our artifact weapons to us. He's been there over 10 years, and he's leaving. And the couple of other people have left recently as well. And, you know, it happens for a company that's been around for 20 years plus and for franchises that are over a decade old. You know, that's a lot of somebody's life. That's a good percentage of their life. And it's, mm-hmm. you know. I well, certainly haven't been at the same job for 10 years, ever, in my life. So <laughs> I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. Well, and when you have a bunch of people, you know, I mean, this is kind of the the transition of the old guard, because when you have a business start up, you know, you do have a lot of turnover simultaneously, because people do tend to reach where they want to retire around the same time. You know, it when you yeah. do put in 20 years at a place, you know, you're you're... You're there with a bunch of other people who have put in just as much time, and so yeah, yeah. We, it's not surprising that we're seeing a lot of a lot of people drop out um, of the picture right now. Mm-hmm. I think as long as they, as long as they carry that same vision and apl- apply their core standards, their core visions of the company, then they're still going to do really well. Mm-hmm. You know, the Wow wasn't built only on Metzen's shoulders. Everyone shared the load, so. I think uh, others will come up and help carry it forward. So I am all I am always optimistic. I'm always hopeful for the future on a lot of things, and I definitely feel that way about Blizzard as a whole, and you know World of Warcraft and Overwatch in particular. Is that we'll carry on without him. We won't like it. We don't want we don't want to miss him, but we'll do all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we probably we get we're getting new ideas and new perspectives, sure. and that's always a good thing. It's very, it, it, sometimes you need that refresher or re- refreshing, you know, an injection of new creativity to really, you know, maybe turn a corner that you didn't know you could take. So I definitely agree with you there. Very good. Well, well, good luck, Chris Metzen. We hope you enjoy retirement. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> we're going to transition to our, our feature of the week, 
which uh, is about building positive fan communities. Uh, we're continuing our month of geek positivity. And uh, and the reason why I wanted Jules and Mark Conan on the show for this topic is because uh, Torrent Think Tank, I, I kind of, when I have to shortcut elevator pitch it to people, I'm like, it's basically Dear Abby for Blizzard gamers. Yeah. Yep. And... Um, and you guys have probably not only one of the most active communities surrounding your podcast, but one of the most positive communities. And uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about um, about how how you have gone about managing and creating this community. This is such a hard question to answer. It is. Mainly, I've thought about this a lot because um, community building is like you can't go out there and say I'm going to build a community. It doesn't work that way. And that's the thing I think most people don't understand is that communities form around people, around a nucleus, around something that they believe in. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again where people, you know, they, the communities, they just, they, they're organic. They form themselves. And so what happens normally is that the community begins to form because there are people who find themselves attracted to something in the, the, the nucleus that they focus on. Um, so in that case, let's, you know, Raccoon and I would be that nucleus of the show that we're doing. They start to interact with each other by uh, finding ways to talk either through a live stream community or if you like for us, we have the discord community now and then they tend to then bond within themselves mm -hmm. and create their own sub community of people who identify as, as fans of that fandom. And it's a very challenging and difficult thing. I study this all the time. Like it's fascinating to me to watch it because it, it's it's a bunch of like-minded people. And so what happens sometimes is that it becomes an echo chamber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the Torrent Think Tank community is so positive because it is a, a bunch of people who are looking and seeking others who, who embrace and exude positivity. Mm -hmm. And it, be, but it becomes an echo chamber. And I think that's one of the things that we have to always watch about when we, because if there is a dissenting opinion that would come into into a play, um, the 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 echo chamber will launch themselves onto that dissenting opinion and make them feel unwelcome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to it's, always be careful of that. It's hard. It, it you know, and I have as part of the convert to raid guild community, which is a massive amount of people, the 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 echo chamber is larger and more fractured. Because then what happens is, is that you can't be a part of the massive whole. You have to become part of the subgroups that form mm. in order to find yeah. your place, find your tribe. And the subgroups then become their own echo chamber. It's really fascinating. Um, but what I find is very cool about what, what we've done is that it's Marconin and I, it's our personalities and the people that we want to be and, 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 and exude to this world that draw people to us and it's the biggest compliment you can ever, ever get. Yeah, absolutely. Now, 
do you guys have to you 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 mentioned that you know sometimes the the dissenting opinions kind of get jumped on how much how much maintaining of the community do you guys have to do or um are there is the community to a point where they kind of will step in like how how has that been working for you this one is interesting mhm because you don't how do I answer this? This is hard. Um, <laughs> so a good community leader is not someone who is going to tell people how to think and, and to tell people how they, you know, you're going to tell them what you expect in terms of behavior. Like don't swear at other people or don't call them an idiot or, you know, follow Wheaton's law and mm. we'll all be good. Um, my philosophy in community management is that I'm going to let you be. I'm going to let you guys police yourselves until you have gotten out to a point where you're so fractured that you don't understand. There's, there's no cohesion anymore. Yeah. And then I will step in and say, this is the law that I want to lay down. If you will, if you still want to be here and then people will find their place within that law (laughs) (laughs) And and say, I agree or I disagree. And then they splinter off. And so it's, but I don't like to micromanage a community because it becomes, then it becomes a cult of personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that and is you, exactly what you want to avoid. Yeah. Because especially with, with the content of our show being re- interpersonal and relationship based, you really get, you really get a sense of that in places like our discord server and the chat room live on the show of, you know, all of these different people coming together and having conversations. And I know I don't talk a lot on our Discord server, but I watch, you know, and I, I don't want to inject myself into a lot of the discussions because I want everyone else to have their chance to talk. And and for the most part, you know, they stay pretty without pretty within the bounds of, you know, polite conversation and, you know, constructive dissidence. You know, if there's a different differing opinion, you know, they'll speak their piece and have a conversation. So it it really speaks to the integrity of our listeners and our, our fans of the show that they will keep it for the most part, pretty civil. Mm -hmm. And even, even if they do, you know, I think cooler heads, I believe in cooler heads prevailing, Mm -hmm. uh, in those situations. And I, and I've seen it happen before where things will start to get a little iffy and then someone will calm. So someone else will kind of put the little seed of calming into it. And it all kind of just washes back down into a, into a nice space. Yeah, we have a, a channel in our Discord server called uh, Need Support, and it is a place where people can come in and vent or ask for advice uh, about a situation in their personal life. And I typically I will read every single one of them, but I will typically not interject at first. I will let the community actually work with it with themselves because I don't want it to be a, we're going to just feed this to Jules and Marconi and they're going to answer it to us. This is a community. It's, it's not the, um, the place where we run everything, mm-hmm. you know? And so that I think you have to be as a community meet leader, you have to understand your people. You have to understand your role as a leader of those people. And you have to respect the fact that these people have their own opinions and they're allowed to voice them. Um, in a way that is, it fits to your personality as well. Like we have, you know, I have zero tolerance for anybody who is just going to rip on somebody else 
and call them names or make them feel bad about having a problem in this world. Mm-hmm. That That's like zero tolerance. You're out because this is a safe place. But you can come in and say, I hate my mom. And people were like, and people will say, well, what's happening and how is it happening? And you say, and they say, I hate my mom because she makes me feel horrible. And then there are people who will say, my mom does that to me too. And this is how I help myself or how I work with it. Mm-hmm. And it's support. It, it's just, it's looking at it from different perspectives, but I could easily walk in there and be like, this is what you should do. And then people <laughs> think of me as like, you know, the Lord and ruler. I don't want to be Lord and ruler. This is not my, that's not my goal in life. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and we can't, we can't be there 24 seven and just monitor everything all the time. You know, you, you, you have to have time for yourself. So as community leaders and stuff like that, you have to remember that you're still a person too. And you've got other things to do with your life, you know, work, family, free time. So you can't always be there and always be on. So it's really great to have people in the community that are kind of an anchor that still have that spirit of the show and the spirit of the community going at all times for people, especially in our, in our support channel, people that will, you know, monitor that thing like a hawk and be in there and just to help, you know, help bring some support and comfort and some uh, appreciation for those people that might need it that day. So it's, that's another reason why we don't interject at every little thing is because we, you know, we want our whole community to come up together instead of just us helping one or two people at a time. It's really nice to have everybody there helping out. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the things that I've I've noticed, and I was so impressed by you guys is that you are you are present without being. Yeah, uh, I feel like in a lot of online communities, the moderators tend to either be always there and it's always about them and i i have i have shown up online everyone hello yes uh, or or like never there you know not and and you you guys have this balance of when you make your presence known it is you know for a a to participate as part of the community not as kind of the the leaders of or you know the stealth behind. It's like you you yeah. really are part of the community, even though the community is kind of formed around you. Which I I don't know that a lot of people are able to balance. It's very hard. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that's that's whenever a community forms around a nucleus of some sort, someone, um, it really depends on the personality of that nucleus. If there's someone who is really needing to have attention all the time, you know, they need admiration. They need to be known as a, a celebrity or somebody who is um, a powerful force. Then they're going to be in there all the time, like pay attention to me or my word is law or that kind of thing. And it then fractures the community into that respect of people who like want to impress that celebrity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and those who yeah. like go, oh, dude, you're just like totally full of yourself. Why am I even part of this? Mm-hmm. And um, so what I've always, my my driving force in everything that I do is that I want people to find each other. It's not about me. It's not about what I do. It's about me being there to help you find each other. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I inject into everything that I do. And yeah, sometimes I have to be a voice or a personality or a quote-unquote celebrity even though i hate that term with a passion um but it's to help them find each other and the reason that i do it um you know even the thought of going to 
calm before the storm and sitting down in a meet and greet and signing things feels so foreign to me. It does feel weird. That was very weird doing that. (laughs) Yeah, like Marconan and I have done it a couple of times and we're just like, why would anybody want to come see us? Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) but people come and they tell us we love your show so much. I, You know, they give us hugs. They take pictures with us. And I'm like, to this day, I hope I never, ever get used to that because I don't want it to ever go to my head. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think you guys do a very good job because, I mean, I, I know last year when I met you, Jules, it was, you know, you, you, you get, um, like I said with Garrett, you get starstruck. You get, this is somebody that you've listened to and you admire. And, um, and it, it's just so, you guys have such a, a welcoming presence that it, you can tell that you are not, you're not there for you. And that's and that's a very that's very evident in in the way you guys present yourselves. So I don't th- I don't think you have much to worry about <laughs> about in that regard. <laughs> it's hard. It, it you know in the, in that that thought of I mean I would be devastated if someone ever thought of that of me like that because that's exactly the opposite of ever what I'd whatever want to be. Um, yeah. But but what happens sometimes is that I get I get pulled in a lot of directions and I can't be present for everybody that I would want to be present for mm-hmm. and it I will sit at home after it happens it happened at the Minnesota meetup afterwards um from the from the June movie I just I was devastated for a couple of days because I knew that there were people that wanted to have my time and I didn't have it to give them mm-hmm. at that particular moment that they needed it and it was just like ah, I can't stand this this is awful but <laughs> yeah and it it is very tough to do that because when when we go to things like BlizzCon there's there's all the stuff that we do for the show for the guild for the party but then we also want to see our friends too and we also want to go to the panels and see the heroes finals and or go to the voice acting panel and stuff mm-hmm. like that so it's you know it's an extra level of stuff that we have to uh that we have to try and balance and and a lot of times you know I, i've done the same thing jules where after i get back i'm like man i really wish i could have hung out with for with this person or that person a little bit more and talk to him you know maybe i can next year we'll see but it, you know and it, it's disappointting because we don't get to do everything we want to do but that's just kind of the, that's the nature of condensing a year's <laughs> worth of a year's worth of expectation into four or five days. Yeah. Now, do you have any advice for people who are part of a community and and let's say it's um, a, a fan community that they're just uh, you know a, a member of, um, in in keeping the the positive in being one of those um, moderators that steps in when when there's a a dog pile going on and says, Hey, um, you know, maybe we shouldn't be excluding this person or making this person feel bad just because they've got a little bit of a different view than us. Mm. That's a very good question. Um, my perspective on that, and this happens actually all the time in the convert to rate guild is that every person who makes a statement inside of a chat room has a purpose for making that statement. And it can, you know, even the trolls have a purpose for what they're saying is trolly. Um, when they make fun of somebody who is streaming, there's a purpose behind it. And sometimes, you know, there's, there's a line. There's the line of zero tolerance. Then there's the line of, you're kind of pushing me to the, the line of, are you open to discussion mm-hmm. or are you just going to be, um, are you just being belligerent? Mm-hmm. That's a really tough line to, to figure out. And so what I've always seen and in, in, in done in good, positive online communities 
is to give someone at least a chance unless they have come out initially as aggressive or hurtful. Mm-hmm. So, like, if someone comes in and says, you and suck, they're not really going to be there to listen to you. Right. It's probably good to cut them loose. But yeah. the person who comes into your stream and says, WTF is this. And this happens all the time on Twitch. If you watch a lot of Twitch streams, mm-hmm. you see this. And so uh, a good online community will say to that person, this is a podcast about the online Blizzard gamers. Why don't you check it out for a little bit? And then either that person goes, lol, what, whatever, or they say, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And then you've given them an opportunity to at least decide if they want to stay or go. But they've been treated with respect. Yeah, um, that kind of calls hard. back. Yeah, It really is hard, and that calls back to Oddish's moderators and the people that do her stream. It's kind of the same thing. You know, people in our community who are there at the show, they will make those comments. Like, you know, someone asks, what the heck is this thing? They'll tell them, like, hey, we do this, and they we give them they give them the opportunity to do a course correction if they were just going to be trolling. And if they keep on going, they're gone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, we give you a shot. And, that, and that's, I think, you know, be... Be strong and firm, but give people a chance to be human for a second. You know, give yeah. them a chance to reconsider their intentions. Mm-hmm. And if they and if they don't, then okay, you've made your decision. We've made ours. Yeah, there's a streamer out there that I watch every once in a while who plays Overwatch a lot, and her name is Anne Munition. Um, mm-hmm. she's great. Um, and she's attractive. She's um, she's also a lesbian, and she is very outspoken. When she does her streams. And so when people log in, they imagine, there are people who come in. She has like 2,000 people watching her stream at any given time. And there are the men who come in there, the guys or the boys, that come in there and say, do you have a boyfriend? And their moderators are wonderful. They're like, she doesn't prefer to talk about that. And so they're, they've already got the response down. And they're like, she's hot. You're hot. And then the moderators are like, she knows. <laughs> that's a great you know, response isn't that great? telling her anything she hasn't heard before yeah and her moderators are like they are her cocoon to a lot of that type of thing and so but then she'll get on to her stream and then she'll talk about her her being a lesbian and being lgbt and sometimes when she's doing her stream but she doesn't make it about her all the time and her moderators are just so well trained that they're just like, we know what you're going to do. We're going to deflect you. And you know what? You don't have a shot with her, dude. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. It's pretty fascinating to watch it. Well, very good. Well, thank you guys so much for coming in and talking about, um, about building positive fan communities. Uh, I, I think anybody who, who is looking to, to inject positivity into their community, I, I think they need to, to kind of stop over and, uh, look at Torn Think Tank and how you guys are, um, really just kind of a shining beacon on what can be a very toxic and scary inter- interwebs. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I definitely recommend everybody check that out. Uh, you guys have a Discord, we're very active Discord, and uh, in a very active community. So thank you so much. Our pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. All right, uh, we're gonna do some quick shoutouts, or as you guys call them, slash moves. <laughs> Mark Conan, any uh, anybody out there you'd like to say hello to? I just want to say hello to uh, all the people who have not heard of us that uh, before 
and thank you for listening to an awesome show like Geekitude. And uh, if you guys want to stop by, we'd love to have you at Tarn Think Tank. So shout out to all of you guys that listen in. And uh, also shout out to, uh, I guess, all the Moo crew out there that are that have been so, so supportive of Jules and I over these years. Um, so thank you. Anybody that's listening, period. Thank you. <laughs> How about you, yeah. Jules? I'm going to give a shout out to um, to anybody who is a fan of something that they love and they're yeah. not afraid to show it. Um, you know, I, in the recent days of this, actually this week, I've been um, very interested in seeing how people um, support or don't support someone's opinion about a certain fandom. And those that are really super supportive and say, hey, I don't like what you like, but I'm really glad that you like it. I think you're the best thing ever since sliced bread. And I <laughs> need a shout out because, um, you know, like for me, I like for, I'm not a big anime fan. I don't really like anime so much, but there are people who are completely passionate about it. And I say, you do you boo boo. I love it. <laughs> well, honestly, that's part of the reason why I, I created Geektitude because it was like, well, I've got my fandoms and you've got your fandoms. And, and the thing we have in common is we geek out about our fandoms. And mm-hmm. so we automatically have something in common, even if it isn't our fandom. Exactly. I don't know if you guys have seen, there's a, a video making its way around uh, the Star Trek versus Star Wars fandom, and it's Darth Vader arguing with Picard. No. <laughs> I will have to <laughs> I link it on, that. I'll have to link it onto uh, your, uh, your streams because it is, it is hilarious. And they're just both calling each other out on all the, all the problems in their, um, their, uh, you know, the, the stories and the action and just like just calling each other out and there's this stuff going on in the background. It's hilarious, but it kind of, kind of is that classic, um, we're, we're standing up for our fandom and it's like, yeah, you argue, but then, you know, shake hands, good game and walk away. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That is very cool. Yeah, very cool. I'd like to throw a shout out to, uh, Kelly Hightower. Uh, we have been talking this week. Uh, I've, I've mentioned on some previous shows that, uh, that I am, am starting a second podcast and I am not quite ready to give full details on that, but I am ready to announce that, uh, Kelly Hightower from, uh, the Mating Habits of the Modern Geek podcast and I are going to be starting another show probably at the beginning of October. We just have to get our, our recording schedule in line. But um, for those nice. of you who are looking for a little bit more of what we've been doing this month with uh, positive geekdoms and uh, and making communities a safer place for everyone, uh, I think this is going to be a podcast you're going to want to tune into. So we're going to throw that out there. Congratulations. Thank you. It's addictive. Yeah. I know you guys know this, but podcast, yeah, it's, it's it very is. addictive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, coming up next week, we're going to be talking about female superheroes with Mandy from the WEC podcast, uh, you know, talking about how, um, how women are being, uh, shown and received out there in, in the interwebs and in comic book fan, fandoms. And in general, there's been some, a couple of stories this past week about women not being treated so nicely on the internet, which is not a new story, but it flared up again this week. So we'll, we'll be touching on that a little bit. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound. It is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. 
currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. How can we find you guys? Well, you can find our show at Torrent Think Tank on Twitter, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Torrent Think Tank, and our Discord server if you want to come hang out with our fans uh, and us and people that are super cool. Uh, it's uh, The short link for that is tinyurl.com slash tttchat2. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at JulesRPG and another show that I do, which is called uh, Slaying Demons with my friends Jocelyn Moffat and Nevermore, where we talk about our own personal demons that we're trying to slay every week. And uh, so that is another another way you can find me. Yeah, and you can find me at Wow on Twitter. That's usually the best place to find me, and that's M-A-R-C-O-N-I-N-W-O-W. And uh, if you want to join the live show, you can find us at twitch.tv slash Tank. We record on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock p.m. Central. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for, for being guests today and, and for sharing yourselves with us, and uh, we really appreciate it. It was great. This was a really yeah, fun show. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for having us. All right. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek.